We asked what we could do for our country. We went out. We did it. With all due respect, it's time to start asking what your country can do for you. That's Ed Markey turning JFK's famous presidential inauguration call on its head, a clever jab at the late president's great nephew, Joe Kennedy, who was running against him. This is where it happened, where Ed Markey put hundreds of union workers out on the streets, selling them out to giant telecom corporations and then taking hundreds of thousands in donations from those same companies. And that's a union leader in a Joe Kennedy ad, walking through Ed Markey's hometown of Malden and accusing him of selling out union workers through the big telecom bill Markey sponsored decades ago. This week on the podcast, a final look at the Democratic primary for U.S. Senate in Massachusetts, a race that many think is close and one we know has become increasingly bitter and personal. I'm Michael Jonas from Commonwealth Magazine. Here to help us make sense of it all, or at least try to, are Joyce Faribault Bowling, a veteran Boston political strategist and consultant. Joyce, great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And Stephanie Murray of Politico, author of the Politico Massachusetts Playbook, who has been covering the race as closely as anyone. Welcome, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. So we're roughly a week out from the September 1st primary. Uh, where, where, do you, uh, where do you guys think the race stands? Uh, Stephanie, you know, start us off here as someone who's been, been on this thing every day. <laughs> <laughs> so both campaigns acknowledge that it is a close race. Um, Joe Kennedy had sort of this big double digit uh, lead in the polls when he jumped in last year. Uh, that gap has tightened based on everything that we've seen. But the race is still also a very open question because of the state's new expanded vote by mail program that the legislature passed a couple of months ago. So you can cast your ballot in the mail. You can go vote early uh, ahead of the election, which is something we haven't had in primaries before or you can vote um, the old fashioned way on September 1st. And because of that, the campaigns can't really use the sort of get out the vote strategy uh, that they're used to. And it's just hard to know who's gonna turn out and when. And Joyce, where do you think the race stands at this point with a week or so to go? Well, I, I guess I'm really surprised uh, because I thought that Joe uh, Kennedy would be so much further ahead um, just by virtue of, you know, that the Kennedy name is pretty legendary. I, I know people have been saying, well, not for this generation. I, I, I don't uh, believe that. I think that the Kennedy name is, you know, pretty legendary. I, I think, however, that, um, you know, Marky's not like rolling over um, and he's showing extraordinary energy. I do think that, however, that both of them are being very negative. Uh, I like the new um, ads now because they're less negative. And, um, you know, I, 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 I kind of feel like uh, Marky really has the edge. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think has been surprising? Is that the most surprising thing, I guess, about the turn of the race? We know that, you know, almost a year ago when Joe Kennedy got in, that, um, you know, he didn't just sort of jump headfirst based on nothing. We knew that he'd done some polling. Obviously, that polling was, you know, at the time, pretty encouraging, you know, and, and in fact, I, I don't know, Stephanie, talk about this a little. In fact, I think a year ago, the polling probably was accurate. He probably did have a big lead. Yeah, and it is just kind of amazing how things have shifted. And at the beginning of the race last year, Kennedy supporters said to me, Ed Markey is going to roll over. He's going to retire. 
Uh, do you want to leave the Senate this way, getting uh, beat in a primary? No. Um, but a very wise source who I spoke to kind of pushed back on that, even at that time, and said, you know, this is going to be a close race because Ed Markey has his entire career on the line and Joe Kennedy has his entire reputation on the line. And I think that's why it's gotten so negative. It's so tense. There's so much money going into it. Um, and so I think if we were all a little bit wiser and didn't underestimate Ed Markey so much, we could have seen this coming. Um, I don't know about you, um, Stephanie, but I was pretty surprised that uh, Joe did not embrace you know, the Kennedy name, the Kennedy um, roots early on, uh, it almost seemed to me as though, you know, I'm going to make my own. And yeah, I know my name is Kennedy, but I have my own individual, uh, you know, uh, list of achievements or whatever. I mean, I don't know what his list of achievements are, but embrace, you know, the commercial now that embraces his uh, grandfather Robert and his, uh, you know, great uh, uncle. I would have loved to have seen that kind of early on, um, you know, because yeah, if you got it, flaunt it. Yeah, what do you think of that, Stephanie? You know, the the Kennedy name. Joyce, I think you're completely right. And at the beginning of the race, and even up until a month ago or so, there was this uh, feeling among the Kennedy campaign and, and with Joe Kennedy himself that he didn't want to just run on his family name. He wanted to run as himself. Uh, he said in interviews, I think it was a story in the Atlantic that he felt like he kind of had to overcome his family name in a way because people would say, you know, oh, you're just doing this because you're a Kennedy. Um, and that's even been true in the way that he staffed his campaign. He's brought on a lot of his own people instead of kind of using the older uh, Kennedy hands. But what really turned the tide on this is just Ed Markey's uh, repeated kind of knocking and needling and jabbing of the Kennedy family name. He's been doing it uh, for a few months and ramping it up uh, as we get closer to the primary day. Um, it was Joan Benaki who drove by Ed Markey's house in Malden to see if he was there. Because, uh, you know, the common criticism of Markey is that he's not here. He lives in Maryland. So she went by to see if he was there. And he happened to be standing in the driveway. Uh, and he, he made this quip, welcome to the compound, uh, a right. reference to the Kennedy compound uh, in Hyannisport. Yeah, that's really, I mean, this name it's just sort of, I think it's sort of a double-edged sword though. I mean, as you're saying, he kind of wanted to avoid it. Now it's almost like, you know, it's kind of that old, uh, you, you know, know with, with a, with a, with a it, fire extinguisher break in an emergency break glass. So they're, they're, I think they're getting, they're breaking the glass. It's an emergency and they're pulling it out, but you know, can it be the thing that kind of yeah. them over the finish line or does it, frankly, does it kind of just magnify or telegraph the sense of desperation that he's suddenly pulling out all the old family archive photos. And, and I don't know, Joyce, I, I, I hear what you're saying about the name, but I, I, I just keep hearing more and more people who are finding they're resenting that. And when you talk about the name, I mean, first of all, I used to think, oh, you know, there was this old idea that the old yeah. Irish Catholic families had the pictures of the Pope and JFK above the mantle, right? That it's is true at my grandparents' house. <laughs> okay, but, but that's, that's the and demographic. That's the demographic. And, but, yeah, but, you know, but today the question is, for a lot of say, voters, do they even remember Ted Kennedy? Look, the Markey campaign uh, took advantage of that reluctance big time. Uh, and while it was nasty to say things like "tell your father and your brother," uh, you know, oh, it's tell to your stop father, the dirty not money your father, and so forth. Your father, 
and you your go. brother. No, he said your brother, his twin brother. They all, you know, they run it. Um, right. You know, I, I just think that they didn't, um, you know, uh, play it just right. But here now, going into the end, um, it's hard to tell now. It really, really is. I mean, I am so tired of hearing the Boston Globe endorses Markey and Mont like the Boston Globe is, you know, running the campaign. Um, because it, well, you know, of but, course, it's more than the ball. But it's Joyce. You said if you got it, you flaunt it. You use the yeah, name, I mean, and Marquis going to use you use what you got. And you know, the Globe endorsement probably doesn't have yeah. the weight it used to, but it's got some weight. And if if it weren't the case, they wouldn't both have desperately wanted it. We know Kennedy said, "Oh, I knew I'd never get it." Yeah, it does. There with the elite, but yeah, it, it, you can imagine he'd have a different uh, you know take on it if he'd gotten it. Right now, it is what it is. Mark, uh, Marky has clawed back against uh, the next generation of, of Kennedys that everybody has been looking uh, to, you know, kind of unneat, uh, if you will. And, um, you know, it's like the, you know, sort of the uh, old man in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> If right. you read that story, uh, that poem. Um, so it's hard to tell. And I think mm. Stephanie says it just right. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure about the polling. Um, and I'm not sure how much the money can, can, uh, can, can buy this. I do know that personally as a voter who has to make a choice in this, mm. I feel it's been so nasty uh, that I'm afraid to get my hands dirty uh, when I vote. <laughs> right. Wow. That's a, that's quite an it. That is an indictment from a longtime Democratic figure in the state, I have to say. But what were you going to say, Stephanie? I just want to go back to this point you made a couple of minutes ago about how it seems like Kennedy was breaking the emergency glass um, and starting to embrace his family name. And I think that is just the perfect way to put it. I was at a press conference that Kennedy yeah. held last week um, at City Hall in Boston. And he, it was after the tell your father stuff in the debate, tell your father, and after uh, Ed Markey, as we listened to earlier, kind of embraced the, the famous JFK line, uh, but then twisted it on his head. And so then Kennedy gets up and does this press conference and says, it. if Ed Markey wants to talk about the Kennedys, I will talk about the Kennedys. And then here you see this television ad, you see all of this uh, imaging and messaging on social media, bringing up uh, old photos of his family. And then here comes an endorsement from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who says through an aide that she felt moved to make this endorsement partially because she was just so taken aback by Markey's comments on the Kennedy family. And so I just wonder if he's kind of, this has worked for him, but maybe it's sort of an Icarus situation where he's just flying a little bit too close to the sun now. Yeah. The mm -hmm. Kennedy campaign told me that they raised $100,000 just in that one day from getting Speaker Pelosi's endorsement. Um, it clearly meant something for them. Right. And it's, I mean, they, it, it's interesting. I, I don't, I think it's true that he wanted it, um, but I don't know that Markey is completely upset about it. I, I don't know how, if it's going to play a net positive for Kennedy is what I'm saying. And, you know, Kennedy, I mean, Markey put out this very gracious statement and, you know, we should take it at face value, but I think he was, I, I almost had the sense that he was offering it very graciously and sort of smiling, thinking, whoa, you walked right into the trap. You know, you got the house speaker, that's only going to energize my yes. base and the people who the don't want this seat to be handed off to a Kennedy. And the speaker's endorsement kind of reinforces that idea. And it gets I to this you. 
this whole idea that the race is upside down, the 40 some year incumbent is the one who all the kind of insurgent energy is behind and the young challenger wow. is now seen as he's really the candidate of the establishment. So, uh, I mean, Markey turned JFK's quote upside down, but I think the whole race has kind of been turned upside down uh, in terms oh, of how we honestly. think about the candidates. Well, can I also say this? Because we know that it was also, you know, an old versus new um, kind of um, formula here. It's like it's time for, you know, new this and new that. And I, I, I don't think that Joe quite embraced uh, the new to the extent that people feel that he's mature enough to actually, um, you know, handle uh, the situation that he, he probably still needs to grow in it, into it. And the sly fox of, of Marky um, is like, hey, you know, I've done this, I've done that, uh, brings in AOC. Uh, AOC is now taking on Pelosi for her endorsement. Um, it, it really has become <laughs> such a, kind of a street uh, brawl. Um, and in a way, I mean, Marky and his, his white sneakers, even they came under the gun. But I think that um, also kind of underscores that, you know, there just is not really been a lot for them to debate on the big issues of the day because they're so closely aligned on them. So yet you still true. need to convey to voters that this yeah, is a desperately I, important choice you're making. And I think for a lot of voters, they're like, well, why? I mean, they're... They're, they're aligned on 99% of every issue. So they kind of, almost by default, they've had to get personal or, uh, you know, I wrote a piece earlier this week, it's more about their character than about their positions. And so it's like, how dare, you know, Ed Markey, you know, whatever the charge is, you know, he doesn't live here or he doesn't show up to help people. Or, you know, there was this effort, the, the most pointed effort I think that Kennedy made was with the family of DJ Henry, right? That he turned away from a father whose son had been killed. And he, he was like, you know, too busy, you know, at lunch eating his clam chowder to even look up at me like, and, and so it's not about the big issues in Washington. You know, he's saying, what kind of man is this? Is this the man you want in the US Senate? And you know, right. and, and there's I been know. efforts to turn it the yeah. other way too. It's just about who they are as a person. And that leads you down, it, it gets you, you know, into the, into the mud pretty quickly. And to that end, I mean, I was watching the final debate between uh, Congressman Richard Neal, the chairman of House Ways and Means, versus Alex Morris, his uh, primary challenger, who's running way to the left of him, the mayor of Holyoke. And watching right. them debate, it was just, I mean, I've watched, what were there, six Senate debates? It was just kind of amazing to watch a debate where two people, both Democrats, just disagree on so much. Because when it came down to it, in a lot of those debates between Kennedy and Markey, like you said, a lot of it was their character showing up. But when it came to questions about policy and ways that they'd vote, there's just almost no daylight, well, which a lot of their most staunch supporters dis will disagree with me when right. I say that. But I think even when it came down to they got asked whether they would promise to vote for a Democrat against uh, Governor Charlie Baker if he runs again in 2022, and neither of them could do it. They even agree about that. Right, right. Well, you know, the political uh, correctness uh, be damned. Uh, in this uh, in this race, I think we've got the oldsters uh, saying to the newcomers, you know, you're not just taking anything away from me. Um, and by the way, um, I don't know how I feel about the DJ Henry 
um, parents uh, piece. I think it was, you know, it was a good piece for um, Joe Kay to use, but I think everyone knew uh, that, um, you know, Kennedy, the Kennedys were helping um, in that. And it's not to say that Markey should not have joined in. I mean, he produced a letter in which he signed it, but I, I just thought it was a little trite, uh, in my opinion, uh, to, you know, bring up like two constituents that you, uh, you know, didn't connect with, didn't, you know, uh, do what you should have done. I think it's just trite when you've yeah. been there for so, and people are saying that when you've been there for so long, so you miss two folks, not that their issues were not uh, important, but I, I just thought it also was political gain. Mm, that's interesting. Because I thought, obviously, it was a, it's, everything is a political move in the campaign. I thought, actually, it might be kind of effective. And again, back to this, this question of, it's so hard for people to understand what the race is about. So it just comes down to like, you know, I mean, we keep hearing a lot this week about Joe Biden and his, yeah, it's he's just his, his decency and his being okay. there and you're, being empathetic. Right. I mean, last night he's uh, trying to be president, it's, but, it's, but we're hearing about him just as a one-on-one -on -one kind of person who can connect with people. Yes. So I, I, yes. I don't know. I, I, I thought it might be that that's... Gets past the age. That, that, that's kind it of the move that Kennedy has. The past age, the so, age. I don't know. And I think the whole thing about sort of also Kennedy as the change agent or the younger thing, I think, has been hard because Markey has, in a matter of the course of this campaign, been fashioned into sort of a cult figure among young people, which is just not really the image he yes. had in Massachusetts politics smart. for decades. And that's, I, I don't know if it was John Walsh, if it's sort of the ad makers or, or what, or it may just be a function of the times. I mean, I think where he is on these issues like environment that resonate so strongly with young people, the fact that, you know, he's teamed up with AOC on that thing. I think you well, don't Michael, have to look far to think of, think of a 70 some year old guy who also had that, uh, that, that hold on people, uh, you know, who ran for president. Uh, the senator from our state to the north in Vermont, right? I mean, in some ways, we're seeing a replay of that where people couldn't believe that, you know, Grandpa Bernie Sanders was the candidate of the young people. But it's, it, you know, it's a little too yeah, simplistic but you to think see... young people want a young candidate. That's a little, you know, that's just very oversimplified these days. First of all, I, you know, for some reason, I never could envision Bernie Sanders as, oh, and I didn't look at him as a grandpa. Uh, his ideas were so vibrant and young and new, and he attracted so many uh, young people. Really, to me, it was hard to see him as quote unquote old. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, young people didn't see that either. And I think that, you know, saying, you know, one of uh, Marky's commercials, AOC says, you know, it doesn't matter your age. Um, but how, how young your ideas are. For some reason, I, I don't see Markey as old. Um, and, you know, I see him also as a, a fighter, the kid that had an ice cream truck. Uh, and he is deliberately casting himself as the, you know, un-Kennedy candidate. Overall, I'm saying this is the year of the old folks. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, we have a presidential candidate who's the oldest ever, 77 years old. We see Richie Neal, as Stephanie just um, spoke to, you know, being challenged by a young whippersnapper. 
And I think that people are, you know, it's a shift. And it's a shift in the older guys saying, you're not just going to take my seat. Ed Markey has been in a unique position to kind of reframe himself as the way that voters see him right now. Um, And it's because he took his kind of greatest weakness and turned it into one of his biggest strengths. So last summer, uh, his name ID was so low. His favorabilities were so low. Um, I mean, it wasn't like he was disliked, but voters just didn't know who he was. And that's why he had two lesser known primary challengers, Shannon Liz Reardon and Steve Pemberton, who both saw him as, as vulnerable. Um, And I mean, Steve Cazella uh, spoke to this, the president of the Massing Polling Group. Last year, he did a poll in October of 2019 that showed that 70% of voters under the age of 30 had never heard of Ed Markey or had no opinion on him. Um, but then a UMass Amherst poll from the summer showed that he's been able to lead that group over Kennedy with 71% of support. So because voters didn't really have any idea of who Ed Markey was, and he was so overshadowed by Elizabeth Warren, he was kind of able to to rebrand himself into yes. what they would want and kind of tell his own personal <laughs> story since Absolutely. voters didn't have an idea of him before that. And Kennedy didn't really, the Boston Globe, I think it was Victoria McGreen had a great story about this um, earlier this week. Kennedy didn't kind of early enough start making those negative hits on Markey to kind of push back um, on the framing that he was giving himself. And it's worked and he has support. As you said, it's the the year of the old folks, but he's got so much support from young people. Uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, they did the Green New Deal together. He's prob- She's probably his most important endorser. Um, and a number of the progressive primary challengers who have won this cycle are with Markey, Jamal Bowman, who upset Elliot Engel in New York, uh, Cori Bush, who just won in Missouri, she endorsed Ed Markey today. Um, so it's this really interesting uh, sort of marriage between the oldest and longest serving person in this race has the support from the new progressive, very young wing of the party. And I think that the really important point you just made, Stephanie, is this idea that I shared that early on that, that Markey was so unknown and it was a mistake to think he was sort of this powerful entrenched incumbent because he was, you know, he's been in Congress since the 70s. He'd only been in the Senate seat since 2013. A lot of people in the state didn't know him. I thought that was a huge advantage for Kennedy, that it was essentially like he could treat this like running for an open seat, as opposed to taking out some iconic figure that voters would have a hard time partying with. But I think what maybe many of us, I certainly didn't appreciate was that same, uh, you know, sort of handicap maybe that Markey came in with he was able to turn into an opportunity and that was to just kind of craft a, 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 a picture or a, an image of himself to voters who largely didn't know him. And so those of us that watched him as kind of a long time sort of creature of DC and the House of Representatives suddenly found this guy who's, you know, prancing around Malden in his sneakers and, and uh, you know, got, got kind of young people jazzed up. And he, I feel like Ed Markey is the guy in the dark blue suit. I mean, he's a Mr picture of a guy in Congress. And, and suddenly, you know, I mean, when was the last time you saw him in that in that suit? So I think no, it now he's in that he's in that dark green jacket with the right. sneakers. And to that point, the Ed Markey <laughs> hashtag on TikTok has over a million views. Um, so he's become kind of this popular figure among young people. Even my, my editor, uh, who does not live, uh, he lives in DC, his kids were asking at the dinner table, who's Ed Markey, dad? I see him on TikTok all the time. 
Wow, that is that is amazing. Now they they're a little bit probably too maybe too young of a demographic to be voting. Well, in addition to they don't live in the state, but it's just amazing again to think that that he's had that we've had that effect. So the whole race has in that way. I mean, I I kind of share with Joyce kind of this feeling of oh, and I think a lot of us are kind of eager to see it over because it's become so nasty. But it has also, I think, as we've kind of explored here, been fascinating in the ways that it's kind of disrupted a lot of conventional thinking around incumbents versus challengers, young candidates, old candidates. Absolutely. So, I mean, I guess I think that's healthy, uh, even if it's come with a little dose, a heavy it dose of, uh, of other stuff that, that a lot of us, uh, you know, it's left a little bit of a bitter taste for folks. But, uh, but I think that that's a, it's a great framing and I think probably we'll have to leave it, leave it there until, uh, until you know the verdict is rendered on September 1st. But I just want to thank you both, Stephanie Murray from Politico, Joyce Farabo, Bowling. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Thanks for joining us. Such a pleasure. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. We will see you next time on the podcast. <laughs>